from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, August 30th, 2013. This is the Relevant Podcast. I am your interim podcast host, Chad Michael Snavely. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Calvin Keerley. Hello, hello. Ah! Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Not again. <laughs> right next to him, Eddie Kaufholtz. What's up? <laughs> on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, that's Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. And on the other Skype line from Loverland, Virginia... The one and only Jesse Carey. Greetings, all. Yeah, yeah I see. It sounds so <laughs> natural. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's kind of nice. <laughs> a lot of those dead. <laughs> dead to you? Yeah, it's like so 2012. It's I'm true. really sorry I kind of wrecked that. That was a nice little thing. It was. Well, it's, it's, it's so it's, pre-NSYNC reunion. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of. Speaking of. Speaking of. Oh, we I mean, we might, we might as well just jump right <laughs> into the good stuff. I mean, yeah. Not wasting any time. Let's just skip Syria. Let's skip all of this kind of stuff, and let's get right into NSYNC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know that uh, everyone on stage except for Justin was a hologram, right? <laughs> no, that was obvious. Yeah. I yeah. suspected. They were. Well, yeah. I loved uh, when the show was done. Uh, Tim said, Al Bad Banana, who's been on the podcast before, he tweeted, right now, four out of five NSYNC members are thinking about a reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, like right it's when so it really ended, funny. It, like right when it ended, you know, they were like bye bye bye, and they're all like high five, and he, and JC's like yeah, yeah. Like, what give was me, that? Give me one more second. That was so awkward. <laughs> Don't make me leave the stage. <laughs> and I also like that Justin is just like, all right, suit and tie, and they all just get lowered back into the stage. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's like a slow mo trap door they didn't know was there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, we're gonna do the whole catalog after bye bye bye. The real important part for the choreography is. Do not move from your spots. Yeah. Yeah. The stage just lowers, and they didn't even know it. Please yeah. go back to the, the C-list room. Yeah, yeah all, all of a sudden they're in like the basement of the you know the Brooklyn Stadium and being escorted out by security. Well, they had to rush outside to continue valeting cars. Oh. <laughs> You're so, so funny. Yeah, which, they, one, which one? Of, they were which, getting backed up. Which one of the four of them on stage that night? Uh, do you think? Had, it the, had the highest cummerbund. It was the guy that used to have dreads. It, that thing was up to his neck. I felt a real lack Chris. of confidence in Lance. Uh, yeah, the Lance hair. Bass. Yeah, that's only some... because his manager was wondering where he was, and he knew he was going to get in serious trouble. <laughs> can we agree not to talk about Miley Cyrus? Period. Like, can we just? I'll say but, this, and then we'll move on to the thing. I just got 15 minutes, and then that's it. Right. Did, cool. Let's just okay. use the whole show, and then did we'll be she done. perform? Miley, who is this? Mm, no, <laughs> I think it was Hannah Montana. No, that's no, right. I remember. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Tyler, you had a great tweet about uh, she spent hours and millions getting you to talk about exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you said it more beautifully, but I was like, yeah. oh, that was totally a machine-driven moment, and yeah. it was perfect. I like to think I, like to think I kind of have the final word on the whole Miley Cyrus thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what Justin thought on the sync thing, and then Lance came and took it away as well. Or JC took it away, so. Now, you guys know, long-time listeners know that I was in the middle of a, a real emotional Roller coaster for all of this. <laughs> Super fans are probably aware right. that uh, that that my girlfriend and I don't really remember it. Um, 
it's kind of one of those things. It's it's kind of like being on a roller coaster. You were, you were too close end. to it. You were too close to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't see it. I couldn't see it clearly. There was a lot going on, mm-hmm. yeah. and <laughs> and I was under a couch just sort of waiting the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see any of it. I was I was hiding <laughs> and just letting whatever happened happen. But it was short, right? I wonder, I understand it was pretty. It, brief. it was maybe thirty seconds. Yeah. You think they had something longer planned? And then once they got everybody together, they realized eh, this just isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. J- J- Justin Timberlake's like ah. Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna go about guys, the thing here. is, yeah. Here's the thing: I don't think they had anything planned. To be honest oh, with you, I don't. Was... I don't think that they were going to do anything until the interweb started blowing up, saying InSync is making a comeback. And I bet yeah. Justin got on his phone, texted the guys. He was like, "Are you guys free Sunday night? Yeah. What yeah. Sunday? And... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. I think so. I can, let me check my schedule. He, he just hears a knock on his door, and they're all four out there. <laughs> hey, hey, man, we've been out here for five years. What's going on? <laughs> hey, as long as uh, I can get those those men. Spanks, I'm in. <laughs> as long as I can get those. How like, soon until men? Two out of five of yeah. them. Men spanks are on cloak and dapper. Are we thinking that's kind of the next? I, I, next. soon. Chambray spanks. It's the holiday special. Chambray <laughs> stocking stuffer of the year. <laughs> that might be even more uncomfortable than Miley Cyrus's performance. Yes. Chambray spanks, <laughs> which. Ironically, is your rapper name right? Right. Right. Sham- right. I it's crazy with I'm, an X. I, yeah. S B A N. I'm performing with X. Robin Thicke next year. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Chambray yeah. Spanks. That's, that's the NSYNC parody of Spanks and Tie coming soon from their from their new comeback album, yeah. which does not feature Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Somebody tweeted about Robin Thicke that uh, it was like a fake tweet, but like a quote from him that he recently retired. He's decided now to retire from music so that he can shower for the next ten years. <laughs> <laughs> But he, was, but he was not innocent in that. We can, oh, no. we can all agree on that, yeah, right? The whole, the whole spectacle was weird. But look, it's the MTV Music Awards. I mean, that's the thing, man. You well, know, it's, like, what they do. Well, it's what they do. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I guess the reason for the shock is it's Miley Cyrus and she used to be Hannah Montana. But, you know, look, that's what the MTV Music, they always do that. There's mm-hmm. always something, you know, shocking or salacious that has the intended effect, which is a week after it's over for everyone to talk about and use it as, you know, sort of a surrogate for some sort of, sure. you know, cultural, larger cultural problem, which yeah. may or may not even exist. I kind of, I, mean? I kind of feel the same way about the Dove, Award, Dove Awards. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, 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 yeah I do too. Yeah. I mean, it's just so predictable, the Dove Awards anymore. I heard you're hosting this year. Chad. Listeners <laughs> demand it. <laughs> I'm hosting. Why yeah. don't we host the Dove Awards? Oh my gosh. Can from, we get from a petition here, started? the room <laughs> and they just pipe in the audio. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, this is this could be. Could be I, I think this could be the dance party's first major appearance. Oh, I like this hosting the Dove Awards. <laughs> this is brilliant. Speaking of, I had a. I, this is this is related, and I want you guys' input on this. Uh, we I I had lunch yesterday with with a publicist for for Derek Webb. Uh, she asked me and my girlfriend to to meet her, and we had a very nice time. Um, but she is also the publicist for. Toby, she referred to him as yes. Toby. Uh, we all knew. Yes. We all we all know him as Toby. Mack. This is the dream, of course. Mm-hmm. It's and, starting, and so I asked her very straightforward: Are are there any plans for a DC Talk reunion? Is I that, mean, it seems like this is happen? the era of the comeback. Tyler, there, yeah, you really was... did something. I just want to say before you get to the conclusion of this, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> for doing that. I legitimately am glad that you took that opportunity and just asked the question. You didn't try to be too cool for school. You asked what we wanted to know. What did she say? Well, well I, gotta, I, I care. And she said, here, here is her, her exact words. Her exact words is, two of the three members are very into the idea. Oh, it's Kevin Max. He's not into it. You know he's not. <laughs> that was my thought, too. You know, I don't know so why. Let's, yeah. let's speculate. 
<laughs> by the personal choices and, and professional choices of these dudes, we don't know. It's Kevin Max. <laughs> What's his problem? What is that guy's deal? I love Kevin Max, man. His voice. We've talked about oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I talk sure. about this every week. For this sure. Not at some point. At yeah, some I think, point. I, yeah, I think we've been down this road. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's more. So I said, what would it take? Yes. For, to get the three guys together yes, for, yes, yes, for yes. us to just talk to them. Yeah. And yes, and she yes. and her words were, maybe if you guaranteed them a lot of exposure. So uh, there it is. Uh, this podcast is. has a couple hundred thousand listeners. I've That's, got 700 uh, followers on Twitter. Yeah, if we combined all those. of our Facebook and Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there more? Is there is there better exposure than getting, being on the relevant podcast? That was my question to her. Do you know how huge we would be if we brought DC Talk back together? Oh man! I, I, this isn't about our own fame, but this would be the best thing as a podcast we could do. This is sort about of, our own personal like, happiness. They though. would mm-hmm. right. They would do their show, and we would be done with the podcast. Sort well, of our yeah. BMA <laughs> moment. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give up on that. I mean, I'm gonna keep trying. She did ask. Wasn't there something at some point that that Cameron felt like he was being snubbed by Toby Mac? <laughs> So you're like, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, well, there was a Cameron was snubbed by Toby at one point. Allegedly. Allegedly. But I think they allegedly. patched things up since then. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would consider each other each other's best friend. Right. So we're fine. They have their yeah, own yeah, separate yeah, yeah. podcast, the Cameron and Toby Hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. One of my favorites. I listen to it every week. Oh, it's almost oh, as good as Candy oh. Talk. Oh. Okay. So Candy so, Talk. I'd like to say something about Candy Talk at the beginning, right? Because I'm okay. highly insecure, and so all of this praise makes me feel great. But I also... <laughs> I've fished for a lot of compliments. I, al- I also need to say that Jesse Carey... Did like this was all oh, Jesse yeah, carried? No, I, I can't take credit. It was like I said, it, it was collective. It was that was certainly a collective effort, and I was surprised with the, the positive feedback. Yeah, I think it was great. Here's know? one thing that got me uh, thinking about it all: like, should we actually give Do them what they want with every more candy talk, yeah. or uh-huh. should we open it up to like? Veggie talk. <laughs> See, I, here's what I think about. Here, like, here's my we, thing. We would about. get Michelle Obama support. Yeah, you know, or DC Talk Talk. Oh, I like it. Oh, that's, that's, talk that's, talk. Every, that's every talk podcast. Talk. That was my third callback of the enti- of my. Entire we could, time we could on talk about uh, Asian food and do walk talk. <laughs> I mean, I'm really. Besides uh, rhyming, I mean, I think that's actually a coffee? valid idea. We could do coffee and do tonks talk. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. Cigarettes albums and do talk talk. talk, talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, simple games you can play with pen and paper, tic-tac-toe talk. <laughs> For people who... Uh, Always start in the middle. You know, since you have, uh, Eddie, you have that pool background and you probably yeah. had to deal with a lot of leaks and seams and tile and stuff, mm-hmm. you could do caulk talk. Wow. Oh, that's a good one. So what else we got on the agenda today, <laughs> I think that was the end of the podcast. I think, I think we just shut it down. I didn't do it. Well, I would just like to say that as your uh, your producer, there are... Uh, plans in motion for future episodes of Candy Talk. Because all the people wow. that have been, all the people that have been asking, we're not going to tell you when. No, but yes, there are plans for actually, another edition of Candy Talk. We don't even know. I, actually, I'm not sure. I want to come back for that. <laughs> yeah, Candy Talk is like curb your enthusiasm. Right. Like, it's whenever just, we feel like it, we're just going to do another it's one. It's going to happen. Yeah, but we're the Larry David of Candy Talk podcast. Yeah, we're, and by that we mean lazy. <laughs> and who was it? There was a fellow that did. A, I should have looked it up. I'm sorry. There was a fellow that did a bunch of puns. Uh, there was a whole tweet yeah. of puns. Which yeah, yeah, was yeah. Really funny. That was good. And then there was another gentleman that made a fake, uh, <laughs> a fake like a iTunes, what would you call that? I- iTunes, yeah, yeah. Image rotating. Yeah, that, that's rotating our, image. our good friend from uh, 
Z- I, I think I pronounce mispronounce his name every time. Zinya, the our, our, our hard, illustrator Russia. friend from from Russia. Yeah, I have made so you candy talk. He, that was the first tweet I saw this morning when I woke up and looked at my phone, and I instantly thought it was both brilliant and I freaked out a little bit and went right to iTunes to see if it was actually on the homepage. <laughs> my, my favorite part about it is it's an editor's choice directly next to the New Yorker podcast. <laughs> like, man, these really these funny. these iTunes editors have uh, you know I didn't even quite the variety that. of taste. But I mean, he spent some time on that. There was. Yeah. A little relevant podcast logo in the bottom of yeah, it. Was really <laughs> Tyler, you realize though that you're going to have to work yourself into this crew because you weren't on the original Candy Talk. I know. I don't. I don't presume to be part of the well, team or anything. Can don't we, get me wrong. I mean, we might have an audition process. Could we just yeah, ask you real quick what's your favorite candy? I the way you Tyler, the way you answer this question will lead to an instantaneous yes or no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So oh, your favorite I, candy? Go, go. I mean, I want to say hot tamales. I'm no, we already used that. We already no, used that. That's wrong. my favorite candy. You get one more chance. Yeah. yeah this is the last. If you, <laughs> this is the final. Heaven help us if you say Swedish fish. You're in the yeah. pressure cooker. Yeah, because Swedish okay. fish are mess up gummy bears, and you need do to I pick get, some. Do I get like a, like a phone a friend or anything? Tyler, Can just I, give no, us your no, answer, you Tyler. Go with your gut, man. Right now. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, Reese's. Reese's cup. Yeah, you're in. Congratulations. Right. That's right. a great oh, candy. Oh, it's so exciting. I, I got I got a couple topics that I want to talk to. I want to talk about <laughs> the next episode of Candy Talk. Just tease in here, you know, the future episode that's undetermined time of recording. Those little strips of paper they put in Hershey Kisses have bothered me for a long time. I'd like Jesse. to talk about it at length. So Jesse. anyway, we can move on. Oh, Jesse, you are so funny, man. You are oh, so man, funny. So good. All right, well, moving on. Still man, never still never it. met you in person. Well, guys, we have a, uh, we've got a great show coming up today, uh, despite the intro. Um, Eddie sits down with uh, a very fascinating individual uh, named Alan Chambers. You might have heard of him. He is the uh, the former president of Exodus International, the ex-gay Christian organization that sought to help people who wanted to limit their homosexual desires. Uh, he He's in the new issue of Relevant. And Eddie, you sat down and talked to him for about two and a half hours. Yeah, which felt it felt like five minutes. Yeah. He is such a fascinating man. Yeah. Love or hate him. I mean, he is really, really, really... Uh, on on the cutting edge of this this conversation right yeah. now, and it was fascinating to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this came out of. Remember, Lisa Ling did kind of a two part uh, documentary mm-hmm. exposing kind of the ways that Exodus uh, went about trying to uh, bring individuals who were. Uh, in their view, struggling with homosexuality uh, into a place of wholeness and healing, right? And they talked about the methods that Exodus used for that, and uh, it was kind of a pretty shocking documentary. And then the second part of it was individuals who had been affected by Exodus that had had uh, really negative experiences with them confronting Alan, who is the yeah. president of Exodus International, uh, and then Alan and his wife, who who we know personally. I've seen them around town. They live here yeah. locally. I've had yeah. a lot of interaction yeah. with them. Um, just, you know, really took this feedback and seemed to really internalize it. And then, uh, I don't know if it was in direct response to this. Well, actually, Alan talks about it. Uh, you know, this kind of, I think, broke the dam for them. And he wrote this now famous apology and shut down Exodus and is now moving forward with that. So it, it has just been fascinating and fascinating after speaking with him, hearing from folks in my circle who just can't forgive him, Mm -hmm. even though he is apologizing up and down, just cannot get past what he and 
you know Exodus were were doing, and and then some folks that are incredibly proud of them. So it's it's fascinating. It was yes. great to talk to them. So. Yeah, you guys talked for a long time. We're gonna we're mm. actually gonna air a not not the full two and a half hour uh, segment, but we're gonna we're gonna we air a make pretty room. extensive yeah. uh, uh, cut of the uh, of the interview. And there's yeah. videos online, and, and like I said, you can see them in the in the new issue of Relevant. There's a piece on on Alan Chambers, but that's uh, that's coming up. But first, uh, some entertainment releases, some good music coming out on uh, Tuesday, September 3rd. The City Harmonic uh, with their album Heart. Actually, that album right now is streaming over at Relevant Magazine's The Drop. Score. Uh, So you can check that out a week before it actually releases. The Drop is so good. It's so, so good. I love it because I love Derek Webb. I'm so stoked that his album's up there and Jars of Clay album is up there. Right, right. It's legit. You know, you always know when you hear about these online streaming things, you're kind of waiting for it to be kind of awful. Right. This is great. Um, That Jars of Clay album had 750 facebook shares in the first day crazy wow. how, how wow. about pinterest a yeah. uh, lot of a lot of pinterest posts. yeah I'm not, some guy link some guy put it on his linkedin on linkedin it blew up <laughs> got hired that day <laughs> <You> got hired. <laughs> a big law firm or something uh, crazy i'm not sure if i'm actually uh i'm not sure if i'm generating any traffic to it because i keep calling it the drew up <laughs> and the umlaut yeah, is they, they don't know how to type it in yeah, yeah it gets yeah. you every, I, I have every a custom time. keyboard with it's, lots of umlauts so. it's big in sweden and i'm doing i'm doing what i can over there yeah, i got i got like six swedish job offers for sharing yeah, on on swedish, swedish linkedin all at ikea everything yeah i have like yeah management opportunities at ikea meatball department and wardrobe assembly department i've only even been to ikea a handful of times and because i feel like it's a real you know process going there oh yeah for sure oh, it's a, it's you know what i mean a, like i feel like it's sort of like going to like a, a baseball game you sort of got to make the day out of it mm-hmm. you know you got to park <laughs> yeah. uh you know you got to find your way in you know yeah. it's you know you're gonna be there for a couple of hours but the only times i've gone i felt a weird compulsion to buy something i didn't need right mm-hmm. you know yeah. like uh you know a desk lamp i don't really have an office right now but <laughs> this would be the lamp i'd have in the office that i want industrial cool i mean yeah. and, and it's know. and it's thir- 13 cents so i'll just buy that <laughs> yeah. I'll buy it, yeah. <laughs> yeah i've spent nearly all my money on meatballs but i do have enough change <laughs> <laughs> to purchase this cool desk lamp wait 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 so good Meatball talk. <laughs> I don't know. Just let it oh, stew. Just yeah. Let it stew. Oh man. Just well, let it, well, let it stew. While you're letting it stew, uh, Califone is coming out with Stitches. John Legend is coming out with Love in the Future. Nico oh. Case, big fan of Nico Case. She's coming out with The Worse Things Get, The Harder I Fight, The Harder I Fight, The More I Love You. Nine Inch Nails coming out with Hesitation Marks. Um, and then uh, you mentioned Derek Webb. He's on the drop right now, but uh, right. next week. Tuesday, September 3rd, his album, I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love You, comes out officially. Stream it now in the drop, and when it comes out next week, go pick it up. You think I could get a, a free copy of the album? What's it called again? It's called I Was Wrong, I'm Sorry, and I Love yeah, You. Yeah, I want to give that yeah. to my wife. <laughs> Every morning. And just if I could have, like, maybe like, <laughs> a bunch just, of them, just, a couple yeah, dozen. Just some in your back pocket. Yeah, just a couple for, dozen. For whatever scenario arises. Just in case. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just Listen, I case. spent a lot of money at Ikea on accident. On, on, here, yeah. take this CD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take this Derek Webb CD. <laughs> yeah. Derek Webb is unreal. Do we have any him. need for a three-story bunk bed? <laughs> <laughs> I need about seven hours to get it together. Yeah. But here's, no? a, here's, here's a, a CD. CD. Yeah. yeah, here's a CD. Uh, movie releases, Friday, September 6th. Riddick with Vin Diesel. That movie's coming out. Yeah, I heard that, I heard that uh, teenage girls have uh, already gone to see it, and they say it's Riddick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I liked it. <laughs> This guy's on fire today. Uh, uh, and Salinger with Philip Seymour Hoffman, Edward Norton, John Cusack, and Danny DeVito is coming oh, out. I didn't hey, know Danny DeVito did anything except It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia anymore. Huh. And the, so. the, tw- the upcoming Twins sequel. Hey, can I say something? Please do. I've never seen the movie Rocky. 
Whoa! Oh, I didn't know wow. when to bring this up, but it Any felt like. Oh no no no! Hold on no no no! I've seen Rocky. I've never seen Rambo. Well, technically, technically, the first Rambo is called First Blood. Yeah. Okay, I've never seen. It's that. a. It's actually a really good drama. I know we yeah, got the first, first Blood is a radical. If we want to talk about Rambo, we can. It's not really it's, action. The first well, one. but here's why yeah. I bring this up randomly in the middle of nowhere is because I felt kind of guilty because I think we were talking about it a week or two ago, mm-hmm. and I just kind of went with it, like, yeah, crazy that thing or whatever, right? But I've never seen it, and I, I'm sorry. Thanks for coming clean. Well, I'm I sorry. Think the only I, way you can make amends the, and win back the trust of your fellow podcast host and listeners <laughs> is to watch all of the Rocky films Rambo, back to back Rambo, in one Rambo. evening. Rambo, yeah. Rambo and Rocky. Yeah. 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 And you're, Rocky. Yeah, you're, you're, you're making you know, men, so you're going to have to watch them all. I and will. then after that, you need to give us a copy of the I new know. Derek Webb CD. I'm sorry. And then then you have to watch the you. arm wrestling Sylvester Stallone trucker movie Over the Top. Over the top. Oh, love that uh, movie. And let us know what you think about the plausibility <laughs> of arm wrestling for the custody of your own son. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the, the dramatic... Final scene of Over the Top. So that's your homework. That's your homework. Good. I feel a lot better about that. It was a real guilty moment. You've got a week to get it. I felt dirty. You you have till tonight. All right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by the English Language Institute China. With short-term and long-term options available in seven countries in Asia, there's an opportunity waiting for you to make an impact in the lives of countless Asian students and future leaders. Find out more today at ELIC.org. You're listening to the City Harmonic. The song is Here and There. It's from their upcoming album, Heart, which we just talked about, and the album that you can find streaming on The Drop. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard White Lies with the song Getting Even. Such a good band. It's from their new album, Big, White Lies. Big TV. Big TV. Yeah. I, oh, I just got it. So good. So good. I'm so a huge good. fan. All right. All right. It's time for Slices. Jesse, what do you got, man? Okay. So the Oxford, uh, you know, Oxford University Press is a pretty prestigious uh, authority on linguistics in the English language. And each quarter, they update the Oxford Dictionary Online, which is the collection of words, spellings, and definition of our modern uh, English lexicon. And reading the list of words that have officially made it into the dictionary this time around uh, will probably make you very, very sad. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I put this on when Tyler and I put it on the front page of Relevant. It kind of made me want to learn a second language, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go through some of them aren't so bad. Like I hear the word from time to time, baby moon, about people who are you know, couples that are preparing to have a baby that go on a little vacation. Oh, Not yeah, a terrible yeah. word. Yeah, I've heard uh, that. Bitcoin, which is like a branded term. You know, I don't feel like it's bad that people know that. 
uh, cake pop. Maybe that's the you know the Pinterest influence on the Oxford New uh, Dictionary. But then we get into some that uh, I really do. I really am curious of to why did they feel the need to include it in an actual dictionary? The term double denim. What? Uh, oh, just yeah. think Jay Leno. I got no Jay Leno's with that. day off. I'm good with that. Tyler, you know, you know all about double denim, I'm good. Right? I'm good. I was actually, I started the petition. That, uh, so I feel like it's kind of a, I don't know, Jesse. I don't, I don't want to make enemies here, but uh, I, think it's, I think we're all right with that one. Did you also put in faux hawk? Because that's in there, too. <laughs> well, that where, that where, one wasn't mine. Where do chambray spanks fall under that? <laughs> <laughs> well, not too far from there, we do have jorts, which I'm uh, a big fan of the term jorts. But I liked it better when it was when people just were like, "Oh, you know, it's a funny way to say jean shorts." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if it necessitates a dictionary entry. Uh, so the another term I have a real problem with this one just because it sounds it's just a terrible phrase. Food baby. A protruding stomach caused by eating large quant- a large quantity of food is supposedly resembling that of a woman in the early stages of pregnancy. <laughs> Never say food, baby, even if you feel like you just like mowed down some IKEA meatballs. Yeah, you know, with it's just a Wawa sub across my ribs, and I'm <laughs> don't yeah. have a food, baby. That's just gross. never say food, baby. I, I guess it was only a matter of time before selfie made it into the dictionary. Oh, sure. That one actually kind of works because it's sort of a picture that's describing a new phenomenon i mean a picture of yourself i suppose but yeah selfie a little bit well still dumb if fi- finally the one that i think we, we could all do without uh twerk uh, the dance move can we please not talk uh, about twerk yeah it's in the dictionary now that's the yeah. unfortunate part so shaking shaking what your mama gave you has worked for years i don't know why we feel like we need a new word for that right yeah everyone knows what i'm talking about when i say that yeah everyone and if they don't i demonstrate i don't need a new word (laughs) oxford and your fancy university press wow well yeah it's uh, it's understandable why you might want to learn a second language after that that's uh it's a little disturbing yeah so all right calvin what do you got man oh i got some uh unfortunately something really serious to talk about somehow Uh, i feel you're kidding well i mean there's an element of seriousness okay uh the city of Marseille in France, um, second, and it's the second largest city in France, uh, have had a huge recent surge in violent crime lately. The city of Marseille has launched a petition for Batman to save it from crime. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, an online petition. Uh, it may or may not be real. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal my sources. Uh, on via Facebook, entitled "Will It Take Batman to Save Marseille?" Um, it comes after, and th- these are. This is where it's unfortunate. Some a, a pensioner was was shot last week trying to stop a robbery. It's it's really like the gangs in a in a Batman movie in a superhero movie. Uh, there's been at least thirteen gang related uh, crimes and killings this year. Many thought to be linked to the drugs trade. Uh, man, they just always get a bad rap. And criminal gangs are increasingly using heavy duty weapons like AK forty seven assault rifles. Uh, blasting through the city all throughout the Mediterranean seaport. The government has said it's sending in 130 extra riot police who will be patrolling the streets. But many residents are critical and say politicians are not doing enough. Um, the city needs action, says the petition. We, or are we preparing to always call more police and army and then Batman? Uh, they, <laughs> they, they also said... 
that Ben Affleck was not available for comment. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Then yeah. they found out that Ben Affleck is the new Batman, and they withdrew the petition. We do not like him. <laughs> Never mind. They're like, nah, we'll just try to fight the drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, do you well, remember? They're like, Ben Affleck? Really? Yeah. But no, all, we're no, kind of We'll yeah, figure it out. What is the Flash doing? Um, <laughs> but do you remember the end of the first of the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman Begins, when uh, I think Commissioner Gordon is, is talking to Batman, and now that there's this caped crusader, this masked vigilante, you know, scouring the streets to end crime it's going to start bringing in weird fringe masked right. criminals right, right. Yeah. um so this story about yeah the story the about marseille um it, i just got a feeling where's it, the freaking slide whistle? i don't know I, it got me thinking and now i kind of it got me thinking what type of crazy french villains are going to come out of the woodwork now that there's going to be a, a batman in marseille okay so i, I just thought of like the top five French villains <laughs> that will be fighting the Marseille Batman. Eddie's just getting warmed up with the I'm slide re- I'm whistle. I'm ready for these. When yeah. does the whistle actually happen? When's it supposed to happen? Right right after the bad punch. <laughs> oh, right now. Here we, entire, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Warm up. He'll edit it in and then edit me out. <laughs> top five French Batman villains. Number five. Pepe Le Penguin. All right. This, <laughs> this is a... <laughs> Wait, you can't do the down and yeah, the up. Yeah, well, you have to down, I think choose you one. Just commit yeah, you to have down. to commit to one. But here's what I like, though, because like down is like, I acknowledge that was terrible, but let's try again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I realize that these are all pretty I'll, terrible, I'll, though. I'll play by the rules, That's though. good, though. Okay. Right. I all like right. Pepe Le Penguin. Yeah, that's that good. Makes sense. Number four, Napoleon Bainapart. That's <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah, that one just went straight down. Now, but you know, you heard of the whole Superman Batman collaboration in the next movie, right? right, right. So I feel yeah. like this one works. Uh, General Zod Cousteau. It's a. I don't know. Okay, what, I don't know what direction to make the slide go. Yeah, that one's, if there was a zigzag one, maybe. I don't I'm, think I understand. I'm, I'm laughing over. I'm laughing in Nashville, Calvin. Keep it right. Right. Number two, Raz uh, Gouloui the Fourteenth. <laughs> this was the, I had the most trouble with this one. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one was really good. I thought it was clever. Uh, that okay. was really good. And the number one, the number one French villain to fight the Marseille Batman, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> the soft J. You see what I did? I like. That. I do. Okay. I like. It. I like it. Well what I did. It's well brilliant. done. Jo- oh. Yeah. Well could be, played. Could be Le Joker. Le Joker. We. Oui. That's good. All right. Eddie, what do you got, man? Doing my part. So there is this bar in the Yukon Territory called the Yukon Saloon, and they have an infamous sour sour toe cocktail challenge. Wait, say that again? Sour. That's very difficult. Sour toe cocktail challenge. Okay. This is what they have at this Yukon Territory bar. So uh, here's the challenge. Um, You get this drink, and it has in the bottom of it a pickled toe. And you think, oh, is that like a like? Is that like mean something else? I'm like, out. like right. they have a pickle on the <laughs> right. bottom of it, or some sort of candy? Right. But you did say toe. No, it's a toe. Like, it's a human pickled toe. Apparently, they have found <laughs> more than one, which is terrifying. Right. But they have many pickled toes that they have found that um, they put in the bottom of this drink. So they have rules about this sour toe cocktail challenge. The lips have got to touch the toe that is placed in the drink. Oh, oh my god! But no. and it is really gross. I'm sorry. No. It is really gross. No. But I I don't. It's, it's gross. important. But another equally important rule, and I would say it's not equally important. It is exponentially more important. <laughs> the second rule is don't swallow the toe. <laughs> right. So that's, that's good. So recently, a uh, <laughs> so the story doesn't end there. No, no, no. So as if so that's recently. not enough. Uh, recently. A, uh, a gentleman uh, 
did swallow the oh, toe. Oh my gosh. And he had to pay a uh or as the as the article says, he had to cough up a five hundred dollar fine uh for the establishment, and the establishment is now looking for a backup toe. So um, it's so it's not just bad enough that you swallow a toe, then you have to turn around and pay five a five hundred dollar fine. Five hundred dollars, and now they're looking for a, a backup toe. Man, that's a real <laughs> kick in the pants. <laughs> so the guy got the five hundred dollar fine. Uh, so he had to foot the bill. Oh, oh man! Oh. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so uh, the fine has now been raised to two thousand five hundred dollars for wow. swallowing the toe. And I would like to end the story with this factoid: up to fifteen previous toes have been lost, stolen, or swallowed. But the bar may ha- soon have plenty of spares. The riverboat captain who started the tradition after finding a pickled toe in an abandoned cabin 40 years ago says that he plans to donate all 10 of his toes oh, to the bar stop. when nope. he dies. Nope. Stop. Nope. I mean, nope, is this? Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I mean, it's like about, this guy's you know. basically Dexter. Like, <laughs> right, like right. I got plenty of toes. Don't worry about it. Don't worry yeah, about where I get yeah, them. You know, talk about losing faith in humanity with those. Oxford word definitions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Is it, where did this take place again? Uh, is, it, is it Yukon Territory? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's just it's martial <laughs> law. Not up a there. lot to do up there. They're just <laughs> so I, 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 this is interesting because I heard about this. Um, I heard that when like when you go to the bar to order this or whatever, and and you're not sure if you can do it, the bartender you know affirms you and says yes, you can. Um, yeah. <laughs> the ad on the uh, the you, ad, I'm at the website now. The UConn, ad that they UConn, had it UConn, says Yukon. It says wanted toes for a sour toe cocktail. Right? Mm-hmm. There's an ad right here on yukonhotels.com, uh, sure. and it says got frostbite. The downtown hotel in Dawson City's Yukon is currently seeking toes for its world famous sour toe cocktail. Oh my gosh! Is this not the grossest thing you've it's ever so, heard in I'm your life? It's, I'm surprised it's legal. I, I, I asked I, you all questions about the law and you you got territory is pretty lawless last this time I savages? Yeah. yeah. I mean I would do it, but I'm all thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> that is something else. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I didn't mean this to be an anti Canadian story because this is of oh. course in Canada. Right. But of course it's in Canada. Right. right. Of course. Yeah. So, if I mean, anything was like this was gonna We're not gonna get this in America. America. That's disgusting. Do you get anything for donating a toe? I mean, if there's yeah. like a twenty five hundred dollar fine for swallowing one, do you get anything? If you I mean, donate? you get your foot in the door. No, uh, yeah. on the board. <laughs> well played, sir. Thanks. I was waiting and well waiting and waiting played. for it. And if there wasn't a perfect time, I was just gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like my random, uh, oh, my r- random ra- Rambo comment. Here's the wow. thing I want to say now. We'll leave you with that. We might have like a toe podcast at some point. To go alongside the oh, talk one. You know who would be our guest? Toby Mac. Oh! Dude, just close this show down. Yeah. Eddie is on us. Wrap it up. He's, he's slide whistling his own jokes at this but point. But I slide whistled it down right. to indicate that it was awful. <laughs> and not worth our time. I, I appreciate it. Good stuff. I'm sorry to my children. Oh, man. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, we get a little bit more serious and have an interview conversation with Alan Chambers.
Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary is rooted in the Reformed tradition and is committed to the formation of men and women for theologically reflective ministry in the 21st century. Located in the revitalized city of Pittsburgh, they offer programs leading to the following degrees. Masters of Divinity, including an emphasis in church planning and a certificate in urban ministry. Master of Arts, Master of Sacred Theology, and Doctor of Ministry. Join them in Pittsburgh for their upcoming visit event October 24th through the 25th. Or check them out online at pts.edu forward slash relevant. You're listening to Jars of Clay. The song is Loneliness and Alcohol. It's from their new album, Inland, uh, which is streaming right now in the drop. It's also a song that they performed when they were here in the studio this last week. It's a great song, and and their in-studio was wonderful. Wasn't it great? They're gracious and talented guys. They hung out with us for about three hours, drank a lot of our coffee. They're cool dudes. Uh, We listened to vinyls together, and just, it was great. We had a great time. You know what also really endeared me to them is that I had, I brought my daughters with me, and they were just super sweet with them, and just engaging with them, and they really, it was really cool. It was was really cool. They're They're, they're new album, man. It's it's really great. It's called called Inland. Like I said, it's streaming on the drop. You can go check it out, but uh, go buy the album support great artists making great music and go see them live and go so see talented live. yeah they're really really good well alan chambers uh is the former president of exodus international which is an ex-gay christian organization that sought to help people who wish to limit their homosexual desires in june chambers stunned the world by apologizing for his ministry and shutting its doors for good uh he recently came by the relevant studio and and eddie uh you were able to sit down and have pretty extensive conversation with this guy before we go into this portion of the interview that we're going to air on this week's podcast just i'm just curious um what was your impression of of alan coming into this i mean you you hadn't met him before but i know you guys had connected on some of the social medias and stuff like that but you'd obviously had heard the story of what was going on and why just from your perspective why was it important that that we talk to him at this time with what's going on in his story with Exodus, but also what's going on in our in just the culture? I just love to hear your thoughts about well, the whole thing. I, I mean, coming into it, it was very hard for me to not be incredibly biased. And sure. as someone that's interviewing, you know, I'm trying not to to have any bias. I'm trying to just give him a platform to hear his story and let people judge him on his own words. But I will tell you that it was very difficult for me uh, because as I was talking to friends about this, some of them who uh, are gay, some of them who have had some experience with Exodus, uh, some folks that just are are not gay and had no experience with Exodus, but just knew of it. I mean, I would say I'm interviewing Alan and they would, they, I mean, there was a, a very visceral reaction yeah. to this man. And, uh, so I came into it n- nervous, uh, because I was carrying, I felt like the weight of those people with me, but also kind of fascinated because his, his, uh, his apology and his, you know, interview on Lisa Ling and all that, um, was incredibly sincere, mm-hmm. but it also was curious to me because I didn't really understand kind of the the part of all of it that he felt it was wrong did yeah. he just feel like regretful that it happened but the methods that exodus used was okay does he feel like that the methods they used were wrong does he feel like homosexuality is a sin i mean you come in with all of these questions that were not answered yeah, sure by him what's interesting though and I, I addressed this uh at some points in the interview and you'll see see this section online or here today but um 
what's interesting about him is he is a incredibly disarming, genuine, nice man. Completely. Whether you like him or not, whether you like his stances or not, I don't think his authenticity can be questioned. Um, and I think that what he has done is gone from having an incredibly strong opinion um, and and leading an organization that has an incredibly strong opinion and agenda to moving to where I think a lot of us find ourselves, which is somewhere in the middle where we're having a hard time wrapping our minds and our hearts around this, you know, because yeah. there's, you, you read and you feel like there's compelling biblical evidence, but then you know somebody and some people in a community of folks who are gay and wonderful and love God. And you just think to yourself, how can I reconcile both of these things? And for me personally, in my life, it's been such a confusing issue. One of my very dearest friends is gay. I went to his wedding. I mean, it's just, but then at the same time, you read theologians and books about what is a sin and what is not. And I find myself in the middle of it just being confused. And I think that in some ways, Alan has articulated more beautifully than I just did that it is a confusing issue. I think he is taking a really middle ground approach. Um, he started a new organization, we speak love.org. Um, and, and he's really just saying, I mean, he said, I don't know in an interview more times than I was comfortable with, but enough <laughs> for me to realize this guy doesn't know. Yeah. And, and he's okay with not knowing, but what he does know is that he's going to, he's going to love people, apologize all that he needs to. And he's incredibly accessible. Anybody can talk to him online, Twitter, whatever, you know, I mean, like I was shocked. I mean, I, I reached out to him on a Friday evening, right after the story broke, just to see if there was any chance that we might be able to get an interview with this guy. And I reached out to three different email addresses that I found for him and his organization. And within two hours, he had emailed me back from his personal email account and said, Hey, we'd love to make this happen. Can you guys do next Tuesday? Yeah, and and I, you know, you and I were texting. I was just blown away by how accessible he was. He was, and and, and he is a very, uh, he is a very genuine, kind man. And yeah. I, I'm glad I, I got to meet him. I still know that he is a lightning rod, but I think that in some ways he has picked up that mantle and said, "Okay, yeah. let me be a lightning rod." And my response is going to be not leading Exodus, but my response is going to be struggling and walking through this with you. And and I, I respect him for taking an opinion that basically has made him less popular with mm-hmm. almost everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's a fascinating conversation. So, uh, so settle in here. We're going to play a good portion of uh, the two and a half hour, not quite the whole thing, but a good portion of the two and a half hour conversation that Eddie had with Alan Chambers. Honey, I come into this uh, interview having heard of you and Exodus for a long, long time. Um, and I, I've, I feel like I have to come in with my own bias because Exodus has been such a uh, vilified entity amongst friends. And then you, as the head of this, just become this lightning rod. Yet there's something kind of remarkable about you that you're really accessible. We're friends on Facebook, which I think makes it real. Um, and you are just incredibly kind and nice and disarming. How's that played into the last, what can only, again, I assume is one of the craziest seasons of your life? Well, you know, I think it's the only way that, that we've been able to survive yeah. um, is, you know, we live our life in such a way that we are open, we are mm. accessible, um, we are kind. Mm. Um, people have been kind to us. And, um, you know, it's, it has been a, a crazy, tumultuous season. Exodus is a lightning rod ministry. Therefore, we are lightning rod people. And 
Um, and, and yet it's, it's something that I, I will never doubt that God called us um, to be a part of, something that saved my life and has um, been incredibly important um, in the last two decades of my life. Um, Tell me about that. You've been, you started at Exodus. You, you went as a 19-year-old. Tell me about Alan at 19 years old and where you were at and what brought you to walk, grace the doors of this place. Alan at 19 years old was Alan, the product of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up um, in a Southern Baptist church, very mm-hmm. thankful for the truth that I mm-hmm. learned. Um, but at the same time, looking back, I think I only knew part of the truth uh, about who Jesus is, about mm-hmm. what um, the amazing um, part of who, who God is and what he did for us. And so at 19 years old, I was there with, with half the truth, mm. um, half the truth being I know Jesus mm-hmm. um, and I know God is the creator of all, mm-hmm. but not the full truth that yeah. um, in the midst of everything, um, before the creation of the world, God knew every single thing that was going to happen in my life. Um, and he wasn't up in heaven wringing his hands wondering what he was going to do. But at 19 years old, I was wringing my hands right. wondering what I was going to do and thinking that that's who God was. And right. Um, that he didn't have a, a perfect plan unless I followed um, his perfect will. Mm. Um, and so for me, I was, I was a devastated, afraid, lonely um, kid who was desperate for someone to give me some hope. Mm. And I'm thankful that I found um, the ministry of Exodus and the people mm-hmm. who did provide me hope and who saved my life in essence yeah. um, as, as a struggling 19-year-old kid who right. just needed to know God's there He's not worried. Mm-hmm. He loves you no matter what, and, and, and he can handle this. Well, what were you, and, I, and I, forgive me for asking the obvious question, but what was your struggle at 19 years old? What were you identifying as the problem? Homosexuality. You know, that was the first, the first thing that I woke up thinking in the morning, and the last thing I, woke, or I went to bed thinking mm-hmm. was, I'm gay. Uh, I didn't ask for this. I didn't choose it. Um, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. God hates this. Um, therefore, God might hate me, and I got to get rid of it by morning. Um, and that was that was my entire day, every day, for years and years and years. And I think the the overwhelming part of that, and the the thing that really caused me so much anxiety, mm-hmm. was that I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. and this was how the church treated homosexuality. It was a constant asthma attack mm-hmm. um, for people thinking about these issues and these people, or those issues and those people. Yeah. And so that's really how I treated myself. So at 19, the wrestle is the message you've gotten from the church, which is that something is wrong with you. And something is like God has, there, there, is, there is something not lining up with you. But then is there another message inside you that's saying, I'm, I'm fine? No, there was no message inside me saying really? I'm fine. There was a message saying this, not just wrong. I mean, it's the... Um, the epitome of wrong. Uh, there's something so horribly awry um, in my life that I've got to get it fixed. You know, and so again, every night going to bed, my constant prayer was, "God, fix me, heal me, cure me, give me a lobotomy, <laughs> come into my heart again." You know, even though I'm Southern Baptist, grew up Southern Baptist, and we have the once saved, always saved thing right. going for us. That doesn't apply to the gay kid. Um, so the gay kid has to go to bed really insecure every night, and that was my existence every single night for a decade. So then. Take us, take us through it. So you're at 19, that's what you're going in. I'm not going to talk about it outside of this room. I am moving towards what you consider at that point to be straight equals Christian equals the right path. Yeah, so that's so, 1991. I'm yeah. 19, I'm in college. 
um, the worst possible scenario for me in my mind is anybody finds out about this. And yet, you know, here I am, church has been um, an enormous part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I love church. I love the Christian life. That's, I've, I've laid at the altar so many times saying, this is where I want to spend my life. I want to be in Christian ministry. And yet here's this part of my story that I don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Got heavily involved in the local Exodus ministry. Was there probably a year and a half before I ever found out um, or got involved in really the national or the international mm-hmm. um, component of, of what was going on um, in other ministries and other people's lives all around the globe. Um, but once I got involved in that, it was like, I'm this is what God's called me to. This is where I'm going to spend my life. I had really just decided I'm going to spend every waking minute at this local ministry because they were giving life. They were accepting. I, I, I walked through the doors and I took off my mask. Yeah. I walked through the doors and no matter what I said, they understood. Right. So it was this incredible oasis yeah. for me of people who I didn't have to explain myself to and they were Christian. Yeah. Um, the difficulty with Exodus is Exodus is 37 years old, was mm-hmm. 37 years old. Mm-hmm. There are thousands and thousands of people who claim to be a part of the ministry of Exodus. Mm-hmm. We have hundreds of ministries all across the globe, yeah. um, hundreds and thousands of, of leaders who are a part of, of these ministries, all right. saying similar things when it comes to the changes that have occurred in our life and the 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 pursuit that we're on with relationship to sexual purity and, mm-hmm. and holiness in, in regards to our, our sexual lives. And mm-hmm. yet, um, what we believe about God and what we believe about salvation and all of these things are very, very different, mm-hmm. being expressed very differently. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how it survived for 37 years without the controversy that we find ourselves in today, other than to say, um, I'm not an easygoing leader. Yeah. Um, I'm not one who shrinks back from a controversy. Um, I'm not one who just kind of pretends I believe something or can be diplomatic long enough Mm -hmm. um, to keep the peace in that regard. What has been occurring in me really over the course of probably the entire time I've been a part of Exodus, but Mm -hmm. certainly in the 12 years that I've been the president of Exodus, Mm -hmm. and especially in the last eight years, that I've really been trying to unpack and dive into this understanding of, of the finished work of, of Christ on the cross, the, the understanding of grace. Um, it, it so has captured me, um, so has transformed me, so has freed me from the fear that I've walked in even as a believer um, who felt secure in my relationship with Christ did, mm-hmm. that I, I've had to talk about it. Um, and I've... I've talked about it here and there, and it's come out here and there, and yet I would jump back into line um, and toe the uh, the politically correct Christian line, mm-hmm. partly because I I didn't know how to to express all that was going on within me. Um, people didn't challenge me really on it completely, mm-hmm. um, and though. I expressed a lot of what I am still expressing and mm-hmm. has become the controversy. I've expressed it over the course of um, a dozen years or so mm-hmm. here and there. 
I think it became something where when I really just fully grasped this truth mm. um, that, I, that I'm walking in and speaking about today, mm-hmm. it became very, very secure and bold in it mm-hmm. and was unwilling to jump back in line right. that people realized, oh, I didn't misunderstand this right. and I can't reconcile this. Mm. And he's saying something that can't be explained away. And so we're going to start challenging. And that started about three years ago. Mm. Um, And there were little fires that we put out trying to keep the peace, trying to keep Exodus together. Um, And yet um, it just became something within the last 18 months that we could no longer keep together. And I I was unwilling to keep together. Just I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pretend I don't believe what I believe. Um, And I, I felt like if I was going to die preaching a message, it was going to be the message of grace, yeah. not the message of change is possible, right. not the message of look at my life and how wonderful it is because I'm looking around going, not everybody's life looks like mine. And yet they have an opportunity to know Jesus. And I'm, I'm not going to risk people running um, without Jesus away from the church, never to return. And I'm not going to risk people running from Jesus, even if they have Jesus. Right to leave their faith or be miserable or kill themselves um, for, uh, for the message that we were, we were sharing that they were confused about. Wow. It strikes me how that message worked for you. I mean, it feels like God was moving you towards Leslie before you guys were even close to knowing each other. Like yeah. There was this movement towards each other. But for some people, as you've said, it was incredibly damaging. The conversion therapy, the, and I know that Exodus is a private entity in different areas, and so there was a, a spectrum of intensity to how people would engage with Exodus. But generally, the message was, you can change. You are not right as you are. Um, for you, that seemed to work. Why, does it, why did it work for you, and why does it not work for other people? Well, you know, I, I think it, it depends on what you mean by working. You know, I, I look at my life, and I think, my story is my story. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is an absolute God story. Right. It's, it's a, an amazing story that I think we ran with, you know, and it is other people's stories. You know, mine's not the only story. Right. Um, mine's not the, the unique story within right. Exodus. It right. is one of, of a number of amazing stories right. where something did change, right. um, where marriage was possible, not just something we chose to... Right. Um, to appease or pacify or as a second option, Mm -hmm. but as the main option that um, is the best part of my earthly life. And yet Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say Exodus worked Mm -hmm. for me in that regard. I think Exodus helped me. Mm -hmm. And I think Exodus was a community and a place that the church should have been for me. Um, But I think it, it didn't work for a lot of people because our, the message we ran with was really not the, the, the main message of, of the gospel, um, the main message of, of who God is and what he wants for all of us. Um, the main message of, of Exodus was one that really was by default taken on because the church wasn't doing what the church was called to do. And it became really a 
a counterfeit message, really, of the church or a detour from the main message of what I think the church is. But it was, it was, uh, it was the thing we found the most support in from the church. And we're a group of people who were ostracized and marginalized, you know, mostly people from the church who were looking for support and affirmation and encouragement. And the support and the affirmation and the encouragement and the promotion that we got from the church was change is possible. You run with that message and we'll support you. It's neat and it's tidy. So we ran with it. Um, It's not to say that it wasn't true in our lives, but the reason it didn't work is because we promoted my story as the story. Mm. We promoted marriage and heterosexuality and wholeness and change um, ambiguously um, as the message of, of Exodus and the message of of Jesus for gay people. Right. And I think the reason it didn't work is because that's not the message of Jesus for right. gay people. The message of Jesus for gay people is the same as the message for straight people and anybody else. Um, and that is, I can have a relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for all of us or he died for none of us. And you don't give your heart to Jesus thinking that it's going to be all better. Um, those who are in Christ are a new creation. That doesn't mean you're never going to have a struggle again. It doesn't mean life isn't going to be hell on earth for you. Um, John 16, 33 says it so well. In this world, you will have trouble. Why don't we lead with that verse? Man, this is going to be pure crap at times on planet earth. And yet, in me, you can have peace. In me, you can find life. In the midst of your very messy, very difficult, very confusing, painful situation. I am still God. I am still with you. You can have peace and we'll get through this. I, I didn't promise you perfection here. In fact, I, the reason I came is because I knew you couldn't do this on your own. That's not the message we led with. We, we've led in the church and by default, Exodus. We've led with the message of you can make this look neat and tidy. See me? Our life is neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. All smiles, beautiful marriage, right. two kids, right. amazing, incredible right. worldwide ministry. Right. And all of those things about us are true. Mm. And yet, here's the reality of, of my story as well. Right. I do have same-sex attractions. It's mm-hmm. not neat and tidy. Right. It's not troublesome to me. Right. Um, but then here's the story of someone else who's in leadership at Exodus who says, my story is not even as neat and tidy as your story is. My story is a complete mess. And yet I get up and I serve Jesus. And then there are other people who are outside of Exodus and who feel they have to be outside of the church who say, my story is even messier. And yet I know Jesus. And I say to them, of course you do. Right. I don't want to get into a theological wormhole here. Yeah. But then... I so, live in a theological <laughs> wormhole. So, so though you're saying, and, and I get it, the ultimate is, uh, you know, love the Lord your God with our, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, yeah. I get it. That's the sole core message of what we have in this commonality. But there's some that would say that they are actively living in a sinful um, with a sinful behavior, yeah. right? And they're actively doing this, and and because they are, it's not like someone who's wrestling with porn. It's a, it's kind of a struggle. No, it's back it. and yeah. forth. It's on the computer. It's mm-hmm. off the computer. With this, with somebody that's just, we are living together. We are pursuing life together. That somehow there is this different level of sin because it is just um, completely. Um, 
kind of not engulfed them, but it is just who they are. It is just a constant thing that they are engaged in. What is the downside? What is the what 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 should what are you worried about for them? Because you're right, you have the same core fundamental, but yeah. what actually concerns you with how they're living their life? Well, I, I mean, the, the thing that concerns me about that is the same thing that concerns me about any of us um, who are doing any number of things. I, I don't look at, at sexuality differently than I, than I look at anything else. We all have something. And then I realize you know, there is a difference when we talk about it in human terms mm-hmm. of we have just accepted this, this is who we are, yes, we love Jesus, and yet we're going to do whatever the, the heck we want. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that, and that's, that's uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. My concern for them is the same as my concern is for anybody. Mm-hmm. Th- there are parts of our life that, that we fail to give um, the Lord complete access to um, or input in. Mm. And we all do this. This is not just sexual um, people or, or, or anything like that. This is, this is all of us. There are areas where we fail to give the Lord complete access mm. that I think we miss out on, on some of the blessing um, or some of the... Um, understanding him in a way that's deeper um, than we understand him at this point. And again, we all have those areas. I I can't look at someone who's gay or lesbian, who's a believer, and say they're denying God more access than I am. I I, I can't judge people like that. Um, What I know is we all have full access to him as believers um, anyone has full access to him if they choose to believe in him. And our pursuit, my relationship with my gay and lesbian friends who, um, who are Christians, mm-hmm. um, who wouldn't call themselves gay Christians, they'd call themselves Christians who are gay, mm-hmm. um, is we're spurring one another on um, in our relationship with Jesus. And, and so many of my gay and lesbian friends would say, I may be wrong here. Um, I, this may be something... Um, that that is incorrect. Maybe I am interpreting scripture mm-hmm. incorrectly. Um, that's you know the, the 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 way I live my life is that's not something that I think. You know mm-hmm. I, I think I have interpreted scripture completely um, right when it comes to to sex and sexuality, mm-hmm. um, and yet I I just have decided I'm unwilling to debate or argue this. Mm-hmm. Um, with anyone, even my friends. It doesn't mean we don't have robust discussions, because we do. Um, because my opinion is something that I feel like is, is important to share mm-hmm. in the context of my relationship with my friends and my family. And, and anybody who asks me, you've asked mm-hmm. me clearly, mm-hmm. what do you believe? And it's important for me to share what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I'm, I'm unwilling to argue about it. Right. I'm unwilling to argue with my gay and lesbian friends, and I'm unwilling to argue with my Christian friends who, thinks, who think I am just absolutely off my rocker. Um, I'm, I'm going to be controversial about the things. I'm going to die on the, the rocks of, of right. things that I feel like are, are essential. Right. Um, and that is um, introducing people to, to the one and only true God. And that's Jesus. Obviously, you're moving forward. I feel the trajectory. I feel you leaning into this message that I feel like you're finally allowed to say. Yeah. But it started with an apology. Mm-hmm. 
what were you apologizing for? Because I read it and it's beautiful. It's sculpted and it's just it's really a great piece of writing. But what 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 are you apologizing for? Help me understand that. For everything and 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 nothing. I mean, there are parts of the apology that are a non-apology, mm. you know, and that, those are being highlighted. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't apologize for my life. I can't apologize for. Um, the amazing things that, that God's done in my life. I mm-hmm. can't apologize for what I believe. Yeah. Um, I can't apologize for the fact that Exodus has helped people yeah. or that it did help me. And yet, in my apology, I felt it had to be unequivocal. Um, yeah. It had to be without reservation, without guile, right. without the big butt um, yeah. of Christianity. Right. It had to be very, very clear whether this was my message, whether this was my um, counseling session or right. prayer session or whatever that right. I was involved in, whether this was a part of my time at Exodus or not, right. I am the leader of this ministry right. and I must sit down and own this. Right. And there were people who decided they would own it with me. Right. Uh, but we have to say, to the people who were hurt. And there were people yeah. who were hurt by our message, by techniques, by people who did unspeakable things in the name of Jesus and in the name of, of leaders and, and yeah. authority figures. And we had to say, we're sorry, specifically. Yeah. We're sorry you experienced this. We're sorry that this caused you shame. We're sorry that this hurt you. Um, we're sorry that in the name of Jesus, um, in our desire to do good, right. we didn't do good in your situation. Got it. Um, so it's, it's apologizing for some of the, the methods and techniques that Exodus used to, to move a point. Yeah, and, and even broader than that. You know, and I think it's, it's, it's beyond Exodus. It's, it's us as believers. Right. Um, we're sorry for how we've treated you as Christians right. with regards to this. When your feelings didn't change that we made you feel less than, mm-hmm. that we made you feel like you should feel something that we could never promise you would mm-hmm. feel, um, that, that we doubted your relationship with Jesus, right. that we made you doubt your relationship with Jesus. I mean, there's an infinite number of things um, that, that I felt like we had to, to say we were sorry for. It's so much of the, the uproar around the apology is, are you apologizing for, your, for a theological stance on homosexuality are you basically are you saying on behalf of exodus homosexuality is not a sin or you're apologizing for the methodology that you went about caring for people yeah i mean i I think the basis of it is obviously like i've said that i can't apologize for what i believe is very clear Mm -hmm. um, regarding god's creative intent for human sexuality i cannot apologize for that therefore when it comes to sexual expression with mm-hmm. members of the same sex or the mm-hmm. opposite sex. Right. Um, I, I cannot apologize for what we believe about that. Okay. And yet, how we have wielded that sword mm-hmm. um, has caused damage. Mm-hmm. Um, how we have impacted people with that message, um, we have been careless. Uh, and I think that that's a church thing, but certainly an Exodus thing. And yeah. as the leader of Exodus, I had to say unequivocally, we're sorry. Right. Um, I can't doubt, you know, and, and, and even, you know, there were other parts of, of the apology, you know, and people have taken, um, taken issue with this, you know, 
the issue of gay parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, there are gay and lesbian people out there who are parents. Mm-hmm. And there are bad gay parents, but there are bad straight parents too. Mm-hmm. There are bad Christian parents. There are bad Republican parents. There are bad Democrat parents. There are bad atheist parents. There, there's no shortage of bad parents out there. But to say a parent is bad because they're gay or lesbian, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that we said that, and we did. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, Florida is the only state in our union that doesn't allow gay adoption. We support single adoption. Mm -hmm. We support non-Christian adoption. Mm -hmm. We support other faith Mm -hmm. adoption. We support all sorts of things that as Christians, we might say, we wish every child would grow up in a home with a mom and a dad. And that's Mm -hmm. beyond Christian. Um, Or in a home that, that believes as we do about Jesus Christ. Mm. That's not our option. We have 5,000 kids in the foster care system in Florida alone. Mm-hmm. They need parents. I know, what it, I know personal stories of people who have grown up in the horrors that is foster care. Mm-hmm. Not all, but many. Mm-hmm. And we're unwilling to allow those kids to have homes mm. with parents who may not live like we want to live. Mm-hmm. but who will provide a good home for them. Mm. And then what do you do with the gay and lesbian people who already have kids? Take mm. them away? Mm. You know, there are people arguing with me all day long about, um, about those things. You know, you know, how I treat uh, murderers and rapists and homosexuals, and I think, well, your message is inconsistent. You know, are we supposed to send gay people to jail? Right. You know, are we supposed to... Uh, yeah. And I just, I, I don't think we've thought through this as, mm. as Christians. Mm. Um, so there are, you, what am I apologizing for? Yeah. A lot. Mm. And, and, I, and I hope my desire was not to run this through a PR firm. Right. No, no PR person wrote this mm. for me. I wrote it. Um, many of my leaders saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a, a gay friend um, who helped me. He's a, a writer. Um, He helped me hone in on some things that would cause gay and lesbian people trouble. Mm. Um, I had some Christian friends look at it, um, knowing that I was unwilling to change things that would cause Christians to feel a lot better about it, obviously. Um, And then my wife and I um, looked at it together, and she said, not you're doing the right thing, but we're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And this hopefully will provide an example for the church. I hope the church will stand up. I hope pastors will stand up in their pulpit and and do something unbelievable mm. and say, we're sorry. God loves you as much as he loves me. Mm. He wants a relationship with you as much as he wants a relationship with me. Mm. And I hope that will change everything. That was Alan Chambers. Be sure to check him out in the upcoming issue of Relevant. And uh, be sure to watch some of the videos of his conversation with Eddie. Uh, A few of them will be up at the podcast episode page. And also you can check them out at youtube.com slash Relevant Magazine. To follow Alan on Twitter, you can follow him at Alan M. Chambers. Or for more, go to alanchambers.org. They'd still kick a flower when it's done. Help me trace the scars on mountains The 
Listening to Over the Rhine, the song is Sacred Ground. It's from their upcoming album, Meet Me at the Edge of the World. I love them. Tyler Tyler and I have talked about them at and length, I, about just how absolutely beautiful their music oh, is. So good. So good. All right. Well, it's time for your feedback, corrections, and apologies, and our question of the week. We do have a couple corrections that I want to address. Oops, I... uh, Matt Murray, at MB Murray on Twitter, had this to say about last week's show. He said, we are totally off on the American Tale complaint during the uh, podcast. Uh, apparently, this was all you. I, this was all me messing up. This I don't want to throw you guys under the bus. Five and his yeah. sister were both in America. They got separated on the boat trip to America. They were both in New York. Yeah. And they're, and they're both incredibly emotional films. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. thought one was in... Now, I was thinking about it. One's on the West Coast, one's on the East Coast. But you know what? They could still see the moon at the same time. So, yeah. it holds no water. I, I acquiesce to this. I was wrong. We apologize, Matt. Thanks for catching Eddie's blunder last week. A lot of a lot of people actually caught that blunder. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people upset about the Fible. Just libel. The Fible foible? Fible foible. Yeah, that's great. Um, Benjamin, ben, Benjamin Spears at Spears Benjamin hit us up on Twitter as well. And he said, this isn't so much a correction, but uh, it could be an apology. All married people who listen to this week's podcast believe Tyler Huckabee made a colossal rookie mistake. Tough week ahead. <laughs> hey, how'd that, work so how'd that work out for you, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that, is that what he feels like? Is that how he feels? Well, I've got good news for him. Liz has no idea that I'm on the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> I emailed her the link this morning. I had a feeling you were withholding it. No, I, I did. I did ask her if it was okay because I live tweeted the uh, the VMAs right. and asked if it was all right if I described what she was doing. And uh, her question was, did I, did I did I think it would get her famous? To which I said, of course. So she oh. didn't have a problem with it. Okay, good. it was really. And now funny. she's famous, so everybody's pretty happy. Everyone wins. Great. All right. Well, last week, our question of the week, we asked you what your theme music for life would be and how you yeah. would use it. If you remember, we talked about the kid. That, I think he was an 11-year-old kid who every time he opened up his deodorant. Um, tell me the song, Jesse. What song played? It, it was uh, the Rocky, not the, Eye of the Tiger, but like the Rocky, the Rocky theme, theme song. song. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so we asked you, you know, if you could have music play at any given moment in your day, you know, what would play? Where would it play? Why would it play? You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You went over and posted on our Facebook page as well. And here are a few of our favorites. Well, Brian said that he would have uh, Justin Timberlake's suit and tie play every time he opened his closet to get pumped for the workday. My cool. question to Brian is, uh, you know, I'm assuming you're wearing a suit and tie, but if you were to wear a cummerbund to work, would you have yeah. Chris Patrick do yeah. one one uh, in verse per- of Bye Bye Bye? In person, he'll be there. Yeah, in per- yeah, he's standing in your closet wearing a cummerbund waiting to sing to you. <laughs> well, J.J. Carlson m- mentioned uh, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys would be a good energetic start. Yeah, that's Throwing oh, random sure. punches in the air. Uh, then he, he gets into Taken 3. Um, oh, yeah. We remember we referenced Taken 3 last, yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. But we couldn't think of a good tagline for it. Yeah. yeah so he would. He said, I, and this is a twofer. 
Jesse. He says, I would title it Taken 3, Oops, Wrong Number. In the third film, Neeson gets a prank call from someone saying they've kidnapped his daughter only to find out they pranked the wrong guy. Neeson goes and kills them with ease but is unable to find his daughter. Soon he gets arrested for the crime and is sent to prison. Fade to black. And then, this is where it really gets good. (laughs) David Michael Moore responds to the Taken 3 with Taken 3, Taken It to the Streets. Oh, Oh, yeah. This is good. Streets spelled with a Z. That's great. Liam Neeson challenges the kidnappers to a series of dance battles, each choreographed move requiring more and more epic slow-mo until time itself stops. After 30 seconds, the film reverses, rewinding faster and faster to the beginning before his daughter is kidnapped. The end. I love it. I, I <laughs> want to see this movie so bad. Yeah, just, it's just like a weird time warp. That just yeah. got green-lighted. Let's do this. Great. Yeah. Um, Adam Schweitz commented, uh, back in high school, I installed a couple of speakers into my backpack, hooked up a disc man, <laughs> which I was just happy to read that word, yeah. and would walk through the halls of school playing various theme songs depending on the mood I was in. I had over a hundred different themes uh, from various TV shows and movies, everything from Star Wars to Gilligan's Island. Wait, wait so these weren't just like <laughs> thematic songs, like no. I have a tiger. These were literally like it's themes like... Auditory mood ring, basically. Y- y- yeah, wow. but, but he's saying like intro music to television shows like totally like he'd be walking like, down the hall like, and, like, and, and suddenly he's hearing the the beginning to family matters <laughs> family it's matters. a rare condition <laughs> yeah yes. then he yes. went on to uh, write a second paragraph and i understood almost none of it uh but not that's no diss to him i just don't think i'm very cool it was words i didn't even read the epigon from becoming the archetype what is that even about say it again what the he, I have thought about this question. If I had to choose one theme for my life, it would be the song, the Epigon E P I G O N E from Becoming the Archetype. I, I would, think he's thinking of Megalodon, <laughs> the famous mythical shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, it devolved from there. But I really like the idea of Adam walking around in high school playing Gilligan's Island and oh, you know, yeah, Family Ties. That's brilliant. <laughs> family Matters. Family Ties is a whole different deal. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to everyone for uh, writing in your feedback and telling us what your song would be. Uh, there's some great suggestions. If you'd like to join into the conversation, feel free to check out our Twitter at Relevant Podcast or our Facebook page. Or, of course, you can always go over to the episode page at relevantmagazine.com. All right, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right, well, earlier in the podcast, we got talking about... uh, about some new words that have been added to the uh, the dictionary. Uh, A few ones like twerk, uh, uh, food baby. (laughs) Uh, By the way, never twerk when you have a food baby. Please, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Please, can we not talk about this? It's disaster. Flirting, flirting with disaster. Can we not talk about it? Let's talk about a new thing. <laughs> but it got us thinking. What word would you like to see added to the dictionary? Tickle fight, probably. Tickle fight. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Camtastic. Camtastic would definitely be in Camtastic's there. Camtastic's a great one. Yeah. This isn't recent. This is a couple years old. But YOLO. You know, that just to kind of get the. F- oh yeah. Yeah. Stoke oh, yeah. The f- I, yeah. I think I mentioned this before that I'd like to see the the uh, the phrase "farvenet" added to the dictionary. <laughs> That's when you end up playing football in jeans and realize how horribly uncomfortable it is. Yeah. Oh man. But you end up in a, like a flag football game and you wore jeans for some reason. I know that dumb Red commercial. Uh, yeah. What are you guys all like, doing? Like it is out super in that field? uncomfortable and hot. Like yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's bad. So that's that's mine. Farvin it. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Farvin it. So man. those are the kind. Those are the kinds of words and phrases we're looking for. What would you add to the dictionary? Tell us the word or the, or the phrase. Give us a description. Maybe use it in a sentence if you'd like. Uh, go, you know, middle school grammar on you. Put it put it in a sentence so we can read it. Oh, megalodont. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Megalodont. I think that's already been submitted. Go over to the uh, podcast episode page of relevantmagazine.com and leave us leave us your feedback. What word would you like added? to the dictionary we'll read our favorites and have a good chuckle on next week's show well many thanks to alan chambers for coming by and talking to us uh again fascinating conversation we're gonna have more of that conversation on the uh, podcast episode page this week so be sure to check that out also uh look for alan he's featured in the upcoming issue of relevant uh and you can watch videos of his conversation with eddie uh we'll have a few of those on the podcast episode page or you can go to our youtube channel which is youtube.com slash relevant magazine hey are the 10 percenters still out there I believe there are some 10 percenters still out yeah, there. Listeners, because uh, the, the magazine's putting out some really great stuff lately. The website, uh, I, I could you know, tell just oh. bre- brushing over that new issue. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a listener and you don't subscribe regularly, you should definitely get on it because it's yeah. quality. Yeah. It's really mostly good. stuff like Candy Talk, but every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the magazine is yeah, I mean, the really last good. Issue it's, a, 90, it's just really good. Don't miss yeah. our upcoming Candy Talk special pullout section. Next week, actually, uh, because the new, the new issue is coming out this week uh, on iPad and uh, in print, next week we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the new oh, issue yeah, that's and right. go through it. Oh, so right. uh, give you a little bit of behind-the-scenes action of what, uh, what the new issue. But Calvin's totally right. It's great. The team here does an amazing job putting this content together. Uh, go subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. And uh, yeah, don't be, don't be one of the freeloaders that just listens to this free podcast and you know, doesn't do anything else with your life. Uh, we, would, we would appreciate the subscription. And, and so and so will you. And so will you. Yeah. And yeah. so will you. There's some great content in there. You so. know, like just listening to the free podcast is kind of like swallowing the pickled toe. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, that's going to wrap up this week's show. I'm Chad Michael Snavely. I'm still Calvin Kearley. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Gary. We'll see you guys next week. for listening to the relevant podcast go follow us on twitter at relevant podcast and for more great content check out relevantmagazine.com. the simple games you can play with pen and paper tic-tac-toe talk